This is PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast. My name is Point Blank Ivumbi. Thank you so much for taking the time to support this podcast, to listen to this podcast, and to be a part of that which is my personal journey in trying to find the best way possible to be not only a productive member of society, but also to be able to make manifest some of the cool things that I have in my mind. I'm grateful also for the thing I'm noticing about the visual element of the podcast. I think the reception it's getting so far is really, really cool. And although I'm still trying to wrap my head around potential ways of earning revenue from this thing, I'm also okay with the fact that even though my frequency hasn't really returned to peak as it used to be before, I'm better at making sure that I put things out that make sense and thank you so much for everybody who's listening and everybody who's sharing their comments and their takes on what it is and today's episode is actually a very interesting one because it's born a week after spending time with my closest of friends and these guys are by far the coolest people because they do not sugarcoat anything around me they do not try keep my ego in a position where it feels like it's supposed to be above everything. You know how it's always been mentioned that whenever a, 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 a leader of Rome was making his conquest or he's making this parade down into Rome after they've succeeded in war, he would have somebody in his ear who's potentially a slave, I think, to constantly tell him, you're still a man, you're still human, you're still a man. And I always found that very fascinating because I know the degree to which power can be addictive and also know the degree to which the perspective you give yourself in the journey towards or in the journey in flight of power can actually get you misinterpreting a lot of things around you. And the weekend I had was really, really cool because it gave me the perfect way to actually address what I'm going to talk about in this episode. And it's this whole thing that I have always felt the need to touch on when it comes to others, but I've always avoided it when it came to me. And I think the reason why I phrase it that way is because I noticed it after literally taking time to sit down with myself. There's there's always been this thing about me where I feel the more inward I look, the better I become outwardly because I'm not scared of falling short of that which I am to myself because I sometimes coin it or tie it back to the upbringing I had in regards to there was never anything given for free or there was never anything granted that you could say that if I didn't ask, they, they wouldn't give me because resources weren't as, as accessible. And one of the first things I did was start to resent or to look down upon myself and end up making the mistake of blaming a person who had nothing to do with what my circumstances were, but just picking them as the perfect people to use as the scapegoat for that which I was going through. It made me think back to a story that I found very, very fascinating. I think his name was Tsar Alexander. I think he was the Tsar of Russia during the time of Napoleon. And this particular Tsar 
I believe the story is, I may get some of these parts wrong, but the story does exist. And apparently when, when it came to war, it was easier for soldiers to eat from the ground as they move towards the conquest that they intend to have, right? And Napoleon's legions required to eat from whichever territory they actually take over. His success in war was because he was able to find a way to move his armies faster because they carried their supplies on their backs. They didn't have the luxury of having a, a, a truck or don't trucks in those times. They didn't have a cart. <laughs> they didn't have a cart behind them that pulled everything for them. So in order for them to actually cover more ground more quickly and end up being faster than the enemy, they would have the backpacks with all the supplies and the stuff they needed to cook. And modern warfare was kind of born at that time in regards to how Europe looked at war. And when it came to conquering Russia, he wasn't able to conquer Russia because one, he went in the winter. And two, every town that was on the path which it was said that he was coming towards, the Tsar had his people burn the town down. So every town, I believe all the way to St. Petersburg, they burnt every town down. So the human resource of soldiers would be depleted as they come. And Napoleon would suffer great numbers and as a result, never really took over Russia. And I took that analogy and I thought about the thing that was mentioned by my friends. And my friends, one of them said, she said that I was talking about a certain thing that was always gnawing at me and again it was based off of circumstances growing up and she told me you don't know that person's struggle and you not knowing that person's struggle you can't judge what their struggle is and you can't judge what they consider tough what they consider difficult what they consider success you can't judge them you don't know them like that and you choosing to look at them that way may work for you in the short term but it won't work for you in the long term you cannot base how you see people off of whatever fears or assumptions that you have it's unfair not only to you but it's unfair to that person and i decided to now take that and this is how it tied to the analogy of burning of the different towns leading up to saint petersburg it is very, very easy to fall short in regards to how best to put forward the feelings you have about a situation. It's also a great comfort to a lot of us when we know that some of the circumstances we're surrounded by and some of the circumstances we're in can be overcome but sometimes it'll take a little bit longer and when you're sitting in that squalor sometimes you just end up finding yourself being complacent in the sense of you start accepting certain things that you weren't even supposed to actually pay attention to in the first place by that i mean this it was much easier for me to work from a position of anger and disdain if you will against people I wanted to beat because sometimes 
when I look at stories of warriors and fighters, you try undermine or play down the person you're fighting against in order for you to feel stronger so that you can actually beat them. So when it comes to battle rap, battle rap, I knew one way to go was to attack uh, the way I see the person, what the person's wearing. And the more I decided to dig in to the idea of wanting to be successful over the other person is I figured I have to up the ante of how far I can push the limits of how comfortable this person could be against me. Every person who's an opponent in rap, in many cases, you look at the material side of things. And by looking at the material side of things, you use those as the perfect tools to battle this person. But I figured if I take it a notch higher, I stand greater chances of being successful in this particular way. If I attack your mind, you can't come back from that. If I attack the esteem you may have had to come into battle with me, you will never come back and combat me again. Because if I take the psyche that gives you courage, then why on earth would you come back and face me knowing full well I will take that from you again. Not by undermining or making a person feel like you're pathetic, you're weak. That's child's play. I went at it like a horror figure. I mean, <laughs> I heard about how method actors sometimes watch or binge on films of the potential film they're about to do. Like, so I decided, okay, if I'm going to be a, a villainous figure, I have to watch countless horror movies back to back in order to get into the mind state to attack because I want fear in my opponents. And that served for a period. And then came a pitfall in a decision that I made. And it's one of the things I intend to burn on this episode and to burn on this day as I record it. I have, in my social life, for a very long time, it, I think, maybe it's a, a, a harsh way to describe it, but I think in my social life, I've always just ridden the wave. By that I mean, it's easy to say, go to places where you are welcome, or go to places where you are wanted. It's completely another when you say that, and then on top of saying that, you get so comfortable that simply because you've been invited in, you make no effort to try affirm yourself there or assert yourself there because you're scared you'll be kicked out. Now, let me take it and bring it closer to the chest with this one. Every time I made an attempt at showing or sharing affection, the end result was bad. <laughs> For lack of a better way to put it, I'd put off more people, more ladies than I'd actually attract by being my truest self or by showing my truest affection. To dumb myself down, to numb myself or to silence myself is very, very hard. And I know for a fact there are occasions where I put everything that I am on the table and I was immediately gotten rid of. <laughs> These ladies don't even talk to me anymore. And 
I recall on only six occasions ever since I knew what affection, attraction, and love could be. Only on six occasions have I truly made an attempt at accepting that I fall short in how I portray myself, but I'll still keep going. Four of those turned into relationships. And the other two really didn't, really didn't go anywhere. And I don't even think we became friends. I think we just... Time went by. And in regards to the relationships, I even started reevaluating the one relationship I never liked going back to. And that's my first true relationship. It was for a very long time very easy for me to say, this person was evil, this person did this to me, this person did that to me, this person did this. And when I think back, based on what I was told by my friends, I realized my carrying of this whole idea of how wronged I was has made it impossible a whole decade later for me to truly find a better way for myself to be myself. Add that to the whole being jaded because you expressing your true self doesn't get you anywhere. But now it turns into something that another person who has nothing to do with what happened before is being put in the line of fire, right? And then I added this other element to it of myself being the person who I was welcomed in and I couldn't believe I was welcomed in allowed myself to have certain things happen to me because I didn't want to even picture the idea of being cast out. To be seen with affection and potentially to be gotten rid of. That truly led me to allow things to happen to me. The fear of not being accepted can make you make decisions that could end up costing you way more than anything else. The idea that you wouldn't be accepted by someone and you feel like you owe it to this person to be exactly what they want and not the you that you are that they should have, right? And when I thought about it in that direction, I just realized that, you know what, I've been carrying this beef with this person for so long. Granted, a lot of things that may have happened may have led to a degree of me seeing uh, the world of love in a different way. Granted that the careers that I'm in sometimes have people casting uh, an idea of what I am. And I probably fed into making that person see me a certain way and choose to take certain measures in support of the view that she had. But I let that happen. I stayed there. I chose to leave when I left. But even in the period that led to that, I'm the one who also forgot that I consciously told myself I want to be there. Because I pursued the idea of being with this person. I pursued the idea of being around them. And in many cases, since then, I think I've put myself in this whole wave of, I'll take that kind of unquestioning attack of things I love and just use it on my work. 
So I channeled all my energies to my work. And even in channeling my energies to my work, even in my work, I made the same kind of decisions. I never really pitch to get work. To be completely honest, I think that's my biggest flaw and probably my greatest Achilles heel. I never go out and try sell a personal idea of something I've done. The only time I do that is after I've finished something, then I go sell something. I think the one time I really truly like pitch myself and do things that I'm not really comfortable doing, but I go all out to do is once I've completed a project. When you see me on the comic convention floor, shout out to Nairobi Comic Convention. When you see me on the convention floor selling my books, I am all in. I am trying to get you to see things my way in the best way possible. And I will pitch you the very best way possible, right? Now, the crazy thing is, when it comes to trying to sell a person on the idea so that we could work together to make something happen, I don't do that. And that one is one of the biggest things I find difficulty with. And I also realize that because I don't do that is probably why the trajectory of my company and the trajectory of my product line hasn't moved up. Because I'm comfortable in not being told no. And because I'm comfortable in not being told no, I end up taking far longer to make things happen. They do get to happen in my terms. I completely accept that. But that I didn't want to put myself in the line of fire means I've been a coward towards the endeavor that is my own. The only way to fix that is to now come to the forefront and attack. And the only way to attack is to solve that which has been the biggest problem, complacency. I've been complacent in how I live my life on a daily basis. I've been complacent in how I conduct my business. I've been complacent in how I try and make my own projects come to life. I get a floodgate of ideas. And some of those floodgates of ideas end up being caught in the crossfire or get caught up in the mix of a lot of things that have to be done because my 9 to 5 is very, very demanding. Even my 9 to 5 was born from two, two to three, almost four great minds coming together wanting to make something happen. But then the four great minds trying to make something happen, we give ourselves a timeline, we push towards that timeline and we finished the first thing we needed to do and it's complete and it's there. It didn't get the reception we wanted, so we decided let's try again. In the second attempt, a lot of things came up in the middle of the wave of doing that project and we're still doing it. That ended up making us feel demoralized and our energy levels came down. And because our energy levels came down, I think it affected the pace to which we wanted to make things happen. The problem with that is I think sometimes it births some resentment from those who get to work with me because sometimes it makes people very angry that they don't see me look or sound as energized as I actually am. In many cases, I think it's because when most guys are psyched up to do something, they expect you to be yelling at the top of your lungs and thumping your chest and feeling like you're hitting a sword against a shield about to attack. When I'm comfortable and ready to do the best version of me, I go quiet. 
because I dig in. The difference for most is that it's expected by many that you should have a degree of excitement when you're about to do something great. I don't get excited. I get focused. And when I get focused, it turns into very good results. My stating of all these things is because I feel by putting something verbally out, it burns. It's out there. It will scorch the earth. There's no repeat of that because confessions of the tongue are, are eternal, right? And since I've stated it, I've already since the beginning of this week made measures to now fix that which is the flaw. And by giving myself clear lines of engagement, I intend to fulfill every last one of those things. Many people would like to ride the wave of the excitement that comes with uh, a venture you want to get into. I prefer getting it done. And after I get it done, then we can come discuss anything else. And it's, there's no feeling like that moment of being told we didn't see that coming. And you never will. But I'm glad that I was able to finally find peace with that one thing that was the biggest issue. Being judgmental of others because you don't know them doesn't serve anything. Being tied to things you considered a, a pain thrusted upon you, yet you decided to go there. It has to be dealt with. I did that. I allowed that. Because I allowed that, I must accept that and move on. I can't keep putting the onus on anybody else because I did that. That being said, I can't wait to show you guys what the next ventures are going to be. A big shout out to the 2050 community for also being part of the sparking of ideas across the globe. They got to have me be a part of a, an exhibition in Virginia Beach. I, I got to be part of a virtual exhibition in Virginia Beach and also some of the work I did was put into print thanks to them and because of the internet we can take over the world because we are the world. So, as I prepare to make sure this wolf is fed, be Caesar or be nothing at all. Take great care of yourselves. Have a lovely weekend. Until next time, Uno.